0: All right, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Don here, and I want to welcome you to Moa's Ark, where you know God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. Amen, amen. Well, yesterday, I wanted to come and have a conversation with you all about suicide, and just kind of talk through some things, and I kind of went on and on a little bit. <laughs> My recording, it looks like it's about two hours long. So I would encourage you to go and listen, listen, listen. I pray that it is something that can help somebody. But anyway, I wanted to hit a few uh facts and and just give us some encouragement this morning, some things that we can do, some practical aids that we can use to help uh, those around us that are struggling with uh, suicide and even if if we're struggling with it, some things that can help us. But I just want to kind of recap a little bit of what I intended to convey uh, on yesterday's talk. Number one, Number one, while it is a true fact that if God allows suicide to be successful in that a person takes their own life, there is absolutely nothing we can do about it. It is done. (laughs) It is done. Nothing we can do about it. But so long as that person is in the land of the living, there are things that we can do, and I especially wanted to target the uh, ideal that there's nothing we can do attached to those who are the, the agitators, <laughs> the ones that are the uh, instigators, the ones who cause people to fall into a state of despair. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And some of you are speaking word curses. Some of you are speaking death into the lives of people who are in despair. Let me be very clear. I'm talking to the gossipers, I'm talking to the backbiters, I'm talking to the bullies, I'm talking to You know, the (laughs) slicksters. You may not have a consciousness of your behavior today, but it is my prayer that if you are under the sound of my voice and you are the perpetrator of these acts against people who are vulnerable, vulnerable in their mental state, in their emotional state, in their psychological state, I pray that God will expose you to you so that you see the error of your way and seek what? Deliverance. You need to be delivered. You need deliverance, especially, mm, especially those of you who are kind-hearted, who are easy to tolerate. Those of you who come in like carbon monoxide. <laughs> when it's too late, it's too late. People just love you and fall in love with you, and you're so easy to, to talk to. And they share all of their secrets, and here you go. Running, telling it, exposing their vulnerabilities. You have to be held accountable for your actions. You're sitting around and you're engaged in the tearing down of someone's character. If you are not uh, an ally, if you are not anti, this behavior, you you you're a colluder, you are colluding against the demise of others. All right. So that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. And for those of us who are struggling with this despair, reach out and get help. Know that God has your best interest at heart. God wants you to win. He wants you to succeed. You have value attached to the kingdom. And for that very reason, God is working it out for your good, whatever it is, whatever it is. I was 28 years old, 28 years old. I had all of my children. And let's see, did I have both of my degrees? I had two degrees. Thought my life was over. And here we are, almost 18 years later. And had I left this earth 18 years ago, I would have never met the love of my life, the loves. <laughs> of my life, my Alex, my Zain, my Kaylin, and my Elise, would have never been able to see my children walk across the stage and, and succeed in life to the level that they are. I would have never been able to uh, experience my husband as the man he is today. Many of the successes that I have experienced in my life have been within that window of time over the last 18 years. (laughs) Made my first six figures. What, within the last 10, 12, 15 years? My husband and I, we own two homes and we're in a third home because I'm determined. Even if I had to come in through the back door, I love, love, love my house. Having dealt with corporate America for many, many years and going through many trials and tribulations, I feel like I finally found my home. But I never found that. Working for one of the... uh, highest ranking, world-renowned, consumer-driven company in the world, in the world. Would have never seen it had I been successful. So I just wanna encourage someone, you you are somebody Jesse Jackson helped us understand that many years ago. You are somebody. And what does that mean? That means that you have value attached to your life and your being. And who you are can enhance the quality of the lives of those around you and even your own life. When you're dealing with and suffering from depression and thoughts of despair, separate yourself from the circumstance and the situation and give to others what you desire to receive that is that has been the mantra of my life i've always desired to get love and loyalty and respect so i give it i give it without restraint without condition unconditionally See, you all will be able to listen to that podcast. And if you couldn't handle the two hours, you probably can't handle the three. (laughs) But but it was a three-hour podcast with me chronicling my uh, experiences with depression and suicide from a child. From a child to a teenager to a young adult. I struggled. I struggled. And many of the people that are depicted throughout my life and and in those stories are people that I love, love, love dearly, without condition. I show and I express my love to them. Try it. Try it. I don't dismiss the um, emotions that people have, the feeling, or your situation. But I'm telling you some of the tools and techniques that I used, it was a survival, it was a survival kit for me. (laughs) Love them, love them even harder. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the passive, you know, cowering down type, turn the other cheek, you know. But in all actuality and seriousness, to love, it takes a strength. To love those who who, um, use, abuse, and and misuse you. It's it's a strength, and it takes the Holy Spirit to help us. The Word of God says how many times we should forgive. This is right there, plain. Seventy times seven. All right, so let me get into what I wanted to talk about before this becomes a whole hour, but what'll happen is you guys will get used to my voice and get used to the hours and take the nuggets that you can receive, right? (laughs) But anyway, I got some stuff to talk about. So let's get into it. All right, love you. All right, so let's step into this. Um, You know, I wanted to share that I think the better half of my 20s, I spent a lot of time trying to establish myself. And in that time of trying to establish myself, I tried to simulate everything I saw. I watched. I, I was a, I was a people watcher. I was a people watcher. I think it was a, a talent gift or art that I acquired as a child because I love to watch my dad. I love to watch my mom. Oh, my goodness. I would just, some days, I would just sit and just look and stare at my mother because I used to think she was not used to. She still is. But as a child, I was just so enamored with her beauty, and I would love to just look at my mom, uh, especially when she would put on her makeup. That's that's really what... um, uh, Developed my love for for makeup. I just <laughs> I, I love watching her, and she has such a um, authentic uh, beauty. And when she put her makeup on, uh, it 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 enhanced what was already there. But anyway, I was a people watcher, and so that stuck with me even as an adult. So in my 20s, as I was trying to understand who I was, I began to watch others. So there were, you know, I was in the church uh, uh, circle and, and in that community. So I would watch the older women. I would watch the older women how they were poised and how they would 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 perform or act in public, you know. And I would try to simulate that. And I'm very careful about my words because I believe that in order you you can simulate something by having a similar trait. You can, you know, I can simulate something uh, by being a mirror image, but I'm not, I don't have the source or the core of that thing. But when it comes to emulating something, you have to have the core or uh, some some source uh, of, of that thing that you're emulating because you have to have something to build on. So I attempted to simulate The behaviors that I watched and the women that I admired. And it's so unfortunate that even in the church, even in the church, oh my goodness, poor little doll, I was shunned. I was shunned because a lot of people, well, I was in the church unmarried with children. So so that was a part of my reality for a lot of years. But um, my husband and I did eventually get married, but people didn't know that. People that know that. And I believe that the women thought that I was a single mother, single woman with all these kids, and half of them, especially at one church, thought, thought I wanted they men, and I never liked nothing old. <laughs> no, let me stop, because we're supposed to be serious here talking about suicide. But um, so I would watch people. And I would try to perform the same and I would try to have the same aspirations and I would try to, you know, make my children act the same way. And the reason that I'm sharing that is that the dawn that I am today, knowing myself in in true actuality who I am, It was nothing like the people that I saw. So for those of you who are trying to find your way and you are simulating the lifestyles, the behaviors, the goals, the aspirations that others have, that's a total waste of your existence. Stop. Stop it. Because God created you to be uniquely you. And what you'll learn is that once you start walking in the truth of who you are, folks are going to want to be like you. they go want to be like you. So anyway, don't know why I wanted to share that, but I just wanted to say that for those of you who are, you know, it's okay to look up to someone and, and to see their accomplishments. But the only, only one, that you ought to be trying to emulate is Christ Jesus because the source of who he is is within you through his Holy Spirit. Don't try to simulate the life of others because it will always be counterfeit. You'll always fall short. You'll always be grasping for something that is intangible. Be you. Be who you are all that you are and if you don't know who you are spend some time with yourself to get to know you what are your core values what are the principles that you hold near and dear to your heart what matters to you when i tell you i spent a lot of my 20s trying to answer to solutions for other people's lives. Trying to become who I thought they wanted me to be, and 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 <laughs> lo and behold, I still didn't get the return on the investment. Well, maybe if I, you know, maybe if I come around and I'm I'm nicer, you know, because people say I'm a little cut with my attitude. Maybe maybe if I just be quiet. Maybe if I don't say nothing. Maybe if I say it sweeter. Maybe if I become more docile. mm-mm. Folk ate me up, <laughs> ate me up, because people sense that that inauthentic, you know, fakeness. But when I tell you, when I established, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, because my children were were grown and gone and raised at at the time that I connected with the truth of who I was and became. Confident in who I was and, you know, had that carefree attitude. I used to hear people say God delivered me from people and I never really understood it until I got delivered because <laughs> I stopped caring. I stopped caring what people thought. All right, so we want to talk about uh, suicide and we want to talk about some of the things that we can do on a practical level to to help prevent suicide, especially if we know that our loved ones are struggling with it, take a proactive step. Because listen, listen, this, this is the cold hard truth about death. Death is a finalization of, of your journey on her. It, it finalizes it you, you just it, it's over it's over and so when we lose loved ones although I'll, I'll share something that a minister said before and I believe it but when we lose loved ones we no longer have them in a physical capacity that we can enjoy their presence and some of us, you know, we so cold hearted and we so calloused in our hearts. Some of us will be like, oh, well, oh, well, life is life. It is what it is. And if that is where your heart is, you need deliverance. You really do. You really do. Your, your heart has become cold and callous and iced. Something is disconnected. We ought to want our loved ones to live until it is their time to leave. And even then, we don't want to see them go. But we release them because we're not selfish enough to to want to keep them here past their time. But if you can look at a young person in your family, a young person in your community, a young person, you know, that's around you and, and full of life, And say, if they die tomorrow, hey, it is what it is. Something wrong with you. Spiritually, you are spiritually broken and you need to be reconnected. So the point that I'm making is that the alternative to you not taking action or being proactive or even active in the midst of a person's trauma the alternative could be you burying that person. You no longer having that physical experience and relationship with that person. So so kind of weigh your options here. <laughs> I, I, can, I can pick up the phone. I can listen to stuff. I can endure a person that, you know, I know is going to be a challenge. Or I can bury them. I can go on the front line and and take a few blows because I know that they're not at their peak (coughs) or at their best, or I can bury them. Sometimes it's just that matter of fact. Sometimes your contribution to whether or not a person lives lives or dies is just that black and white give a little bit of yourself. Now, I, and and let me be clear, in any developed relationship there ought to be guardrails, balance, boundaries, you know, all of those things because I have some family members that I am very much aware are struggling. And some areas of emotional and, you know, psychological and, you know, just having some challenges. And I personally have to build boundaries around that relationship in order that number one, I don't damage them or I don't allow them to damage me or my family. But it doesn't absolve me from my responsibility. Do what you can do. Do what you can do. Don't just sit back and allow things to happen. I might not be able to bring you into my home and and set you up a room and let you stay there because you won't respect my boundaries and my house. You, 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 you probably have anybody running in and out, you know, the lifestyle that you're out there living. You probably bring it to my home. Nope, I uh, can't have that. But there's nothing to say that I cannot pick up the phone and give you a call and be a listening ear and not judge you where you are, but help you and give you the advice that you're willing to receive. Nothing to say that I can't be a support where I can support you. This is what I'm talking about today. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we need to do. We need to take an active role in participating in eliminating eliminating suicide. Remember, 2021 is the year of committed love. We're going to have a covenant. We're going to we're going to rededicate ourselves to love. And I'm talking about love in the agape unconditional love love that is action and not just words so when you have people family members people in your uh, surroundings and you know that they have extreme mood swings they've expressed to you feelings of hopelessness they start just look not not they start giving stuff away, not because they're just so generous, but they trying to get rid of all their worldly possessions. And you know they ain't that kind of person. They don't have interest in any activities or or, or social gatherings or wanting. These are signs. They start talking about death, start talking about suicide. One of, one of my nieces came and spent the night with me. And she just constantly was talking about her fear of death. She has a fear of death. And she said something to me. She said, she said, Auntie, have you ever just been driving and just thought about what would happen if you just die?" If somebody, if somebody just killed you, if you just died, and this a baby, this was a baby, not a baby, baby, I I gotta remember how old she is, maybe she about 11, 10, 11, 12, and she said, when my mommy, when my mom drives me around, sometimes I just think about what would happen if somebody just come in the car and kill us. And so I inquired a little bit more because I found the conversation a little, you know, different and awkward. And I found out that she watches a lot of horror flicks. And I'm not sure her mom and dad are aware that she's doing this. But uh, she, she shared that with me. And I said, oh, okay. And so I began to pray for her because I don't interrupt the parental process of parents, but I do have a responsibility to the family, especially as the chief intercessor. And I don't say that in an arrogant or, or, or egotistical way. It's just, I know who I am. You know, I, I know who I am in the family. That's just like me saying I'm my husband's wife. It's, it's just, it is what it is. But anyway, when that baby started talking that, I said, okay, we need to watch and we need to continue to pray because the enemy is trying to plant those thoughts in our mind, even as a small child. All right. Other signs, when when people just start, you know, saying their goodbyes, that was the thing for me. That That was the telltale sign for me. If I start calling and I'm like, you know, I love you so much. I just want you to know that when, you know, whatever, come or or go, I want you to know how much I love you. You know, I, I may not say goodbye, but those were times I was, I was clearing the path to never, ever, ever come back. And as I shared, you know, with with my second suicide attempt, my goal was I wanted my children to know me. I said, "Look, if you don't do nothing, let them know that I love them. Let them know me." So they start saying goodbyes. Be careful also to look out for the family members or loved ones or people around you that they're always always inferring or implying that they're a burden to the to the world to you to the family to take be keen to that stuff see we need to have better discernment when it comes to these warning signs when people start withdrawing from family and friends. Now, I'ma tell you with me personally, I'm I am an extroverted introvert. I, I I determined that label for myself. But I like my quiet time. And sometimes I'm I'm the one I will get drained. Now, I'm just gonna be honest. If I go around my my immediate family. So so my mother and my father's lineage, if I'm around them, it it somewhat fuels me, you know, to be in the presence of my family and, and to be around and I it, it fuels me. But when I go maybe around my husband's family, it drains me. So sometimes I will back up or withdraw. So some family members, you know, sometimes it's, it's nothing personal. They just, they just need to be fueled before they come in <laughs> and get a little drain. But I'm talking about them ones that you know. You know they come to the family gatherings. They the ones, they Johnny on the spot. And you start seeing them falling off, and you start seeing them, you know, not engaging when they do come around, something ain't right. Something is not right. And for our family members that engage with and indulge in substance and and alcoholism, watch them. Watch them, don't just assume, you know, because we, you know, for generations we seen it, we were around it, we were part of it. You know, family members, oh, they just drunk. They just (laughs) they just high, they coming drunk, they coming high. But why? Why? Some of them self-medicating. And for the ones who are not struggling with the emotional or psychological pain, some of them got some physical pains. Some folk that that Alter their minds through alcoholism and drugs. Some of them might be going through some pain. So the help that you can get them sometimes is just a call and say, Hey, can I can I take you somewhere today? Can I come to your house and help you lift something? Or you know what I'm saying? Some way to help them. Now that don't mean they gonna stop <laughs> drinking <laughs> or or getting high, but I'm I'm just trying to make a point that there are things that we can do to help the family. And there are signs that we need to be conscious of and catch this, catch this, to identify or discern the sign, you got to be in relationships. You got to be in relationship, and I know it's easier said than done. Because I got some family members that I have not talked to in years. And it's it's a couple. <laughs> and I ain't talking about none of my siblings. Let me be clear. Somebody run telling my mama stuff. But it's a couple. That I'm okay with if I never speak to them again. I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't got nothing against you, but you just a little too disrespectful of my boundaries. So so yeah, keep it over there. But if 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 any of my siblings were to desire a reconciliation I would reconcile with them with no you know no challenge no challenge because we're all in a different stage of life we all my oldest sister my oldest sister will be 50 years old this year so we all about to cross over into 50 so but anyway, the point that I'm making is that in order for you to see these signs, you got to be around. You have to be in relationship. you got to start building relationships with the family, the families and, and, and friends and whoever God, you know, whatever that structure is that God has given you. It may not be blood relatives, But you gotta start building relationships so that you can start identifying these signs and then take action. Take action. It's no longer okay for you to walk away from a situation just thinking, oh, they are gonna be okay. Because I'm telling you today, when you start seeing these signs of extreme mood swings, now you know, you know you got somebody who is the class clown the, the the jokester, the life of the party. And they always come around making everybody laugh. And next thing you know, they start cowering off to a corner, balling up in the corner when you have social events, events with the family, events around people, and now they just quiet as a church mouse. Something wrong. Something and 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 it's, it, it's enough of an indicator for you to investigate. Now, I, I, I misstated it may not be something wrong all the time, but that is an indicator for you to investigate. Something has changed. Let me see what's going on. Because you're just that important. 2020 brought us some challenges that we never thought we'd see in our lifetime and some people didn't have the tools to deal. They just simply didn't have the tools to deal with it. It was this thing about having that social engagement that I didn't even know was a thing. (laughs) Being being the the COVID-ready introvert that I am, I was just like, hey, you know, because I don't really want people without masks in public. <laughs> anyway, and I'm cool with just having my family around all the time. And, and that's the thing. I want my babies around all the time. You know, a few family friends or a few family members, you know, that I know love us and we love them. Oh, Yeah. I was cool with that lifestyle, but I didn't know that there was a broader impact to people who desired that social engagement, being out and about and around people. It created a psychological trauma that people were not ready to deal with and they were not equipped to deal with it. So when you begin to see these signs, when you start seeing people feeling hopeless, they're expressing it to you in one way or another. They may not come out and articulate into words, man, I feel hopeless. But they'll they'll show you and tell you in different ways. But for you to identify it, you got to be in relationship. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. And call folks. I think it was in 2016. I promise you. It was in 2016. I did an experiment. (laughs) I did an experiment. And I can't remember what my phone number was at the time but i said i'ma stop calling every person that that i call because i used to be that one i would call folks hey how you doing today what's going on sit up talk to them or not talk to them but listen (laughs) because folks love to talk and i said i'ma stop calling people and let me see how many call me And needless to say, during that period of time, for the people who didn't call me, I, I literally took their number out of my contact list. And I said, oh, I won't be calling you. And then I had ones that were calling me and telling me about how, you know, other ones weren't calling them. I said, ooh, you, that's what you called me for? Not because me and you have a relationship. So I stopped calling, but in 2021, be forewarned because the Holy Spirit had to convict me. I'm going to be picking the phone up again because I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to make sure that you're okay, and I want you to know that you are valued. I want to build and rebuild relationships and I'm talking about real relationships and I ain't trying to just tick off the list so I can make it into heaven because trust me uh, that's a sealed deal <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm get it together and live right but I want to do my part and be my part in your life alright so I uh, when you start seeing these things, I want you to listen. Listen without judging. Listen without giving advice. Listen without discounting people's feelings. And so I'm—I am so uh, guilty of this. And and, and listen, I'm—I'm—I'm going to tell you a different perspective of that, because I come from a heart of a person who has well intentions, but they may not translate well outside of my head to my (laughs) actions. So, a lot of times in my way of normalizing a situation or making someone feel confident, I'll I'll do a thing like, oh, no, that that ain't nothing. It'll be okay. Don't why why are you worrying about that? No, you will be alright. And so that is a technique that I learned or I acquired over the years that sometimes leave people feeling as if I'm dismissing their feelings. And in all actuality and reality, I'm not dismissing you. I would never dismiss the pain that you have experienced. I'm just trying to build you up to a place of, you're going to get past it. You're going to get over it. You're going to make it through. But sometimes people just need you to listen. And I'm talking about active listening. Don't don't just be on the phone. Uh, dead. the conversation. Be an active participant in the conversation, but as you're actively participating in the conversation, it ain't about you. It's about that individual. Ask inquiring questions to get deeper into their emotion, to get deeper into the situation, to show your interest. Reiterate what they've said. Let people know that you're actually attentive, you're present, you're listening, you're there to help to absorb some of the shock of the pain. Sometimes people be in so much pain and so hurt, you know, I what did I say? I said this the other day. Sometimes, <laughs> it was funny to me, but it might not be funny, y'all. I said, now... If I run into a burning building with gasoline drawers on, drenched in kerosene, and I run into the burning burning building, and you come and pull me out and, and 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 extinguish me, that is not the time for you to be like you so stupid. I told you so. Why'd you do that? You ain't got no bit. Listen. And if you was going to do it, you should have Blah blah. That's not the time. I'm in pain. I'm dying. I'm burning. Just listen to my yells. Maybe pat me a little bit, but not too much. But sometimes people, you can be in the worst pain of your life. And they feel like they got to correct you why right now just you know let, let them get a few skin grafts on me and a few surgeries done before you come with all that it's not that it's not needed the wisdom is needed but it's all about timing and when and when you are in relationship with the person you know the timing sometimes with especially with my children sometimes I just zoop, I don't say nothing. I don't say, ooh, I be want, ooh, mm, I be wanting to go in. I don't say nothing. But I wait until the right time. Not when I know you're hurting and I know you really, really hurt. mm I had a, a family member recently. You know, I was going through something and all I, all I desired, I'm telling you, all I desired from this individual who, who is my rider, let me be clear, always got me. All I wanted was support in that moment. And I felt like the individual was trying to have a sideways conversation with me. Oh, well, when I saw this, this is what I got from blah, blah, blah. That ain't the moment I'm trying to have with you right now. Usually, I would just shh not say nothing because I already know as soon as you say something, the person is liable to cut you off. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're going to cut me off. And folk done did 10 times, but it's so easy for you. Okay, I see where we've always been. But it's okay, because if they engage with me again, guess what, it'd be like it never happened. But anyway, my point is, in that moment, I wanted support. And so I challenged the person, I said, well, wait a minute. First of all, I I tried to disengage in the conversation because I know me, and it was very hurtful at that time because I was going through, I said, well, look, we're gonna have to end this conversation because of where I am. And they took offense and felt like, oh, well, you just gonna stop talking. Yeah, yes, yes. As an adult, grown woman, well, you misunderstanding what I mean. That, but that's okay. We just need to move on to another conversation. We're gonna stop this one. I never said we couldn't talk about something, but this right here. Because it's very sensitive to me. And at this point, what you're saying about what you were representing is not registering with the reality of what I'm experiencing right now. So let's just end it. And needless to say, we ain't talk since. But I, I know God will work it out. God will work it out. But I'm just so frustrated with people with miss. You know, when we have disagreements or misunderstandings and people are so quick to cut you off are we still talking suicide now they'll be quick to cut you off but endure and take you know not not that you ought to take anything from me that's not what i mean i mean we ought to be we ought to be tighter than that that with one disagreement Unless you already had some animosity or angst or issues, you know, which I, I always feel like people only engage with me from certain parts of my family when they feel that they can get something from me, going back to the 2016. <laughs> when I, had this, I said, wait a minute. I'm I'm making all the phone calls. I'm making the phone calls. All right. So, listen, 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 listen. Because when you begin to listen and you begin to listen actively, you'll begin to hear those suicidal thoughts and, and see the behaviors or the trends manifest in those conversations. don't is 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 real uh, uh vital and I'm I'm preaching to myself now that you don't dismiss their feelings because here's the thing is if it's important to them if it's important to them that in their mind is vital is very vital because I take myself back to the space that I that, that I was in And these thoughts, I mean, they would just be so overwhelming and so prevalent. (laughs) I look back now and I'm like, what? (laughs) I wish I could do that sound like that. Uh, What? I was worried about that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Stuff that today, I would laugh at. But at the time, in the moment, it was important, so don't dismiss it, especially, especially if they use keywords and indicators that they are depressed. You know, some folks could just flat out come out and tell you, "I'm depressed." They'll say it, you know, in a joking way, and you'll you'll think, "Oh, they just being now." no inquire deeper listen take that conversation a little bit further and maybe not in in that moment but follow up follow up and like i said you will learn a lot just by listening to people just by hearing them when when people attempt suicide it is a cry for help it is a cry for help now I cannot address mental or psychological issues because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. So those behavioral uh, issues, the mental issues or the emotional, I, I don't understand it fully, but I know that... You know, similar to having a physical deficiency, you can have a mental deficiency that will cause you to act out behaviors that are, that is destructive to you. So, so, you know, people will act out behaviors of suicide and attempt suicide because of the mental issues that they have. You know, like some people do the cutting and some people will, you know, try to self inflict harm on themselves so some of those things I don't understand but what I can tell you is that it is a cry for help when people attempt suicide I I suffered through a lot of physical abuse emotional abuse and any attempt that I ever made was a cry for help and, and, and basically what I was saying was, stop the pain. Stop the pain. And, and part of my struggle was, of course, I didn't have the tools back then that I have now to help me navigate through some of the challenges of life. But also I didn't have the maturity. I didn't have the exposure. I didn't have, you know, my my parents tried to shelter us a lot from a lot of things so I didn't have the knowledge the intelligence or you know information I just didn't have what I needed to be more prescriptive in solving my issues I just knew <laughs> what hurt hurt and I did not want things to hurt anymore anymore So be a good listener. Be a good listener. And I I keep emphasizing this because it's vital. It's so important. You cannot be insensitive or trivialize a person's experience. Sometimes if you just show up and listen, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. I know we're in a, a... age of social media and Instagram and Twitter and texting and all of that stuff, and inboxing all of that stuff, but it's something about the contact of human to human that I, I think we learned in 2020 is, is of importance to the human experience. So pick up the phone. Go knock on the on somebody's door. Now don't knock on their door when you ain't invited, because some folk will not open their door. I I will open my door. And uh hopefully I got some food in the <laughs> in the cupboard or some something for you to drink. You know, but I, I will open my door, but some folk won't go knock on the door call hey what you doing today i just wanted to come and sit with you and spend some time we can watch a movie hey you want to get out my husband uh the last couple of months since this COVID, he some days he just make me get up come on we about to go when he started out uh at Trader's World and was doing his uh, shop, his retail shop, and he was selling. He would get me out every weekend to go out until I contracted COVID myself, and I couldn't go anywhere. And so yesterday was actually, it was the first day he and I spent the day together out. Uh, I think I had maybe, I went to my son's game, two of his games and maybe another thing, but I really was barely out since I got that COVID. And uh but but that human contact is good, is good. You know. And I don't mind I don't mind people coming around, you know, drama free. <laughs> you know, I live in this big old house and I love being in this big old house, but I got my dials and my dial houses. I don't want nobody coming over here breaking up my stuff. <laughs> But I don't mind. Hey, come sit on the couch, watch a movie. I might come up in my room, though, because I might get a little drained. But But the point of the matter is we got to be connected. We got to be connected and, and offer or encourage people to get some help. Encourage them to reach out beyond their own resources and get some help. I I love to coach. I love to coach. I love life coaching. I love you know working with women. Give them my name, give them my number. Uh, Dr. Chantel Thomas. I'm trying to think of some others. There are people that are here that have been trained and educated to help. And they say a lot of times, psychologists, psychiatrists, they get into this therapist. They get into this line of business because of their own past and their own experiences and the deficiencies that's there, you find a person who know what pain feels like and it has humbled them. Oh yeah. They'll they'll definitely try to help you to overcome. So encourage encourage them to get help, to get help. And don't you be the Debbie Downer that's sitting around with them. They down and depressed. And here you are. <laughs> yeah. Dig it, digging the hole deeper. Yeah. Life is, life is a mess. There's, there's a balance between. Not being dismissive. And insensitive. To a person's plight. And just you know. Attaching to it. Attaching to that despair and pulling them down even further as a weight or anchor into their depression. There's a balance. Help them to see the brighter side. That's why a lot of times I use my experiences with people so that they can see the other side the other side of through. We all have had some challenges. We've all had some storms to to get through and some challenges to walk through, but God has brought us over. And sometimes we just, just share. Just share your experiences. Now, when I say, listen, I'm not saying you all, you know, it's never your turn to talk. I'm just saying some of us just, we just talk, 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 talk. I had a girlfriend <laughs> I had a girlfriend once and and when I tell you, oh my goodness, and i I love her, I trust me, I love her, but every time we would talk, all she would talk about was her, her her, her, and it got to a point where I was like, Well, wait a minute, am I your listening indentured servant? I mean what <laughs> I'm like this is not a friendship all you' doing is talking about you and your job, and your husband your children you know as if there's only value add to your life and I was I was genuinely interested you know I was oh wow you know especially uh the things that she achieved in life but it almost got to a point where I felt like oh, you think that you are worthy of this conversation, and I'm just here to just sit back and listen. That's not the kind of relationship that I'm saying that you need to build you need to build a relationship that is uh beneficial to both parties, but you also need to ask yourself do the listening do the the yeah do the listening party know as much about me as I know about them. And if the answer is no, that means you talk too much. If you you don't know as much about them as they know about you, you just talking too much. Ask them some questions about their life and their family and really sit and listen. Because you might learn something. Sometimes even just ask, well, what you cook for dinner tonight? And how'd you prepare that meal? Maybe you'll learn something. You know, and I'm not trying to make it corny because everybody have their own unique relationship with whomever they're in relationship with. But make the relationship more interactive and more rewarding for all parties involved. All right. Here's something that I feel like we don't do, but we can do. When someone, we, we try to pacify uh, certain emotions or certain feelings, or, or even if you from my family, we go hard. When somebody starts to show their vulnerabilities with their emotions, or, you know, like, oh, I feel I'm having suicidal thoughts, oh, we'll shut it down. We will shut. What? What? Oh, we don't do that. What's wrong with you? You know, are like you ready to beat somebody else? What's wrong with you? We don't do that over here. And you weak. Stop being so weak. Stop being so sensitive. Stop worrying about what people think. Well, wait a minute. I am worrying. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to start asking people about their feelings. Ask them about their feelings. Let them talk about it. Let them talk about it because sometimes, just like, you know, waste in our body, when you get it out, you feel better. You feel much better. Oh, I've been feeling like taking my life, you know, because this, that, or the other. Well, when this happened, how did it make you feel? What was going on? How did your body feel? How did your mind feel? What were the thoughts that were going on in your mind? And then you move on to that. So when that happened, how did it make you feel? What were your thoughts? What was going on in your mind? How did your body feel? And then go on to the other. Take your time. Talk to people. Ask them how they feel. Ask them about their feelings. Sometimes we don't even want to—we don't want to have the conversation when someone says they have suicidal feelings. We don't even want to talk about it because we have a fear. Well, hey, I, I want you thinking I'm co-signing this. I want want you to think I'm in alignment with your thought patterns. But sometimes people just need a judge-free zone so they can just get it out, get it out. And moving forward from this day forward to the rest of your life, if you ever believe that a person is suicidal, do not leave them alone. Don't leave them alone. Even if you have to call 911 and have them do a wellness check, they'll be mad at you, but guess what? They'll be all right. Don't leave them alone and we know that there's no separation in the spirit so sometimes that's just praying lifting them up warring on their behalf there is something that we can do there is something that we always can do We have to be active participants in the quality of life that those that we love, the ones that we love. We got to be active participants. Ask them how how are you coping with with your situations. Now this, <laughs> ooh we about to turn twenty twenty one around. This what would, this is what would flip the devil on his head you hear some gossip that, that, that you know you ain't got no business doing anyway but some of y'all are gonna still do it but imagine if you take that information that somebody illegally gave you and you go and take it back in, in a way that can help somebody. Oh, I heard her marriage was, you know, she was she was having some challenges and 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 her marriage is blowing up. And You know, such and such, you know he out there doing his thing. She a fool. She's stupid. Blah 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 blah. Now you don't let all that filth get in your head and in your mind about this individual. Now pay it forward, pay it back, whatever. Help to encourage them. If nothing else, be kind to the person because you know they're going through. But if you have such a relationship that you can influence that person's uh, situation, then give them advice. Help them. Now, use common sense. You don't go and, oh, I heard such and such and so and so. But we know, we know how to be subtle in the way that we deal with things. And if you don't know, let the Holy Spirit guide you. <laughs> and as I said, it, it sounds oxymoronic because if the Holy Spirit was guiding you, you wouldn't be involved in no gossip, no way. But anyway, let the Holy Spirit guide you on how to address the situation so that you can find out how is a person you know, coping. How are they coping with, with some challenges? I don't assume that anyone is weaker or stronger than how they present themselves. I, I never make that assumption. But what I will do is when I hear of a person going through a challenge and I know that it's something, you know, this this catastrophic or or hard, I'm like, wow, man. I wonder how they getting through that, and then wondering how they're getting through it. I just sit back and wonder, <laughs> versus picking up that phone and saying, "Hey, how you know how, how you dealing with you know such and such, if you don't mind." And and of course, if you're in a relationship with them, you know if you're allowed to step through that. And sometimes this asks people flat out, are are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about dying? Are you having thoughts of suicide? And ultimately, have you come up with a plan for taking your life? Now, ask questions. Talk to people. Do your part. Do your part. We can't be sitting back no more now. We know better. We need to do better. All right. That's all I got to say for now. I may have some more on it later today. But I love you all. And I pray that this was a blessing to you. And hey. If I ain't say something right, you get on the podcast and say it, and let's broadcast it because we got to get rid of this demon. Love you all. Bye-bye.